Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Baggage Claim. He forgot. I wanted you to say it. I was like waiting for input. I was waiting for dramatic effects. What the fuck? Claim, claim, claim. Claim, claim. No, babes. Claim the show where we. You're too fucking high, babes. That's that's why you shouldn't smoke before. Love, love. I haven't even smoked. No, I don't even fucking know what the fucking. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to. There are fucking moments okay, when it's so okay. fucking good. And okay, then okay, okay. Sigue, 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 sigue. Sigue na, sigue na, sigue na. Anyway, you hear a voice? That is Roxanne. She is our is... guest today. Oh my god, this is so chaotic. Anyways, welcome to the show, Miss Roxanne, aka Substance, aka Heather Number Three, Four, whatever. Um, welcome to the show. I, we always talk about bag playing with you, and I feel like we've like wanted to have you on for like a minute. And then, like this week, I was like, why don't we talk to Roxanne and why don't we talk about drugs? Thank you. I think that's a great introduction. Yeah. Um, I've been wanting to come on baggage claim for a while now, but I truly believe things happen in the time it was meant to. It's cliche, cliche. Yeah. Mercury was in a reggaeton and now it's not. Mm-hmm. So it's honestly Correct. perfect timing. It's alignment. I'm here in mm-hmm. my new space, my new apartamento. And mm-hmm. um, we're just feeling good. We're feeling great. And I'm happy to have you on the show. I don't know if Aaron's happy to have you on, but maybe he is. Maybe he's on. I don't know what happiness mm. is, but I'm very grateful <laughs> you're on. Happiness? Right. I don't know her. I know. I'd also like to add that um, because there's such a chaotic start, Dem was actually supposed to come over. He was actually in my neighborhood, circled mm-hmm. around for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and left. Correct. And I've never in my life have seen that happen. Yeah. That's how you know he's a transplant because a real LA person <laughs> on parking no because i typically find parking in koreatown very easily but roxanne street specifically is like I was, you should have called me because every time someone visits i have to go look for parking with them because i know all the little cuts you know but you didn't want to be here that badly so <laughs> i just knew that we were on a time crunch i knew we were on a time crunch because mr aaron has to go to work in the morning Oh, that's true. He's got to slave away to the man because capitalism. Exactly. Capitalism, racism, <laughs> homophobia. All of, all of it. All, all of, of it. it. All of it. But um, is this cultural appropriation that we're doing accents or no? No, because they fucking colonized us. What the fuck? Oh, you're right. Cheerio, then. We're <laughs> assimilating. Assimilating, darling. <laughs> This is already so chaotic. We all know each other from our first job. In, well, my first job in LA. That's where we all. My met. first, my first job in LA as well. We won't even say the name because they don't deserve. They're not worth it. Not that. worth the mention. Uh, we are over that. Like but everyone um, else, shared trauma. That's how we. Mm-hmm, shared trauma. We're all. Oh, that's saying. so crazy to think about. Yeah, it feels like many, 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 many years ago, but it's really only been like. Three four years, four three, years ago. Four years, yeah. Like literally a college degree ago. Yeah, literally that, which is crazy. And but- I love that we, um, our form of escape was to create shit together. And then everyone was kind of like, I don't know, a little biting our steez on the rooftop a little bit. Period. Um, <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, you guys made that shit fun and the trauma bearable. So thank you. Yeah, it was a very traumatic experience, but I'm really glad that we were all there for each other. Um, Mm -hmm. because also like you guys are like my first like LA friends, really, technically. Mm -hmm. Same. The first friends that I made here. So and we're the transplants of the group. We're the transplants of the group. No, Dem and I are the transplants of the group because Aaron and Jelena is gonna be like, yeah. So I got on the ten, and I like. I did it the five and like I know off my of La Cienega and they were right on Santa Monica and then there was major traffic so I had to cut through to Franklin <laughs> anyway I love Roxanne because she is so unapologetically herself she talks about you know her work the fact that she does like to you know dabble in drugs I like to her- take drugs she likes to take, take drugs. And drug. she, I feel like you are one person, like, because there, there's people that like abuse drugs and, like, you know, you know, but like mm-hmm. you do it in such a creative, cool, fun way. I feel like it's almost like it's always been so fascinating to me. And I think me originally in the group was like the one person that was very the virgin, the drugs, virgin, like, never really partook in anything I think I like Mm -hmm. smoked weed like once before but it just like wasn't my vibe and then as we know now that has changed (laughs) so although I don't have any today which is mad like crazy but um yeah so I feel like I've always been interested in like you know the way you speak about like psychedelics and microdosing and all the things and like even doing it with the family so like how did you get into the world of psychedelics that is such a big question well first thank you I think I want to say that one of I don't know if I like started off thinking this way but as I've as I've really found my voice and my narrative with what do I want to say about drugs I've I realized that I want to shake the stigma and any like taboo energy that's um associated with it because I I do think that it can be a very um creative pursue I think can be a very healing pursuit I think can be very diplomatic and academic um I don't know if I if I had not had this experience in psychedelics if I would be as viscerally and deeply aspiring to be as revolutionary as I want to be because the 1960s LSD or when you know when during the 1960s counterculture, all they fucking wanted was revolution. That was the time of the Vietnam War, um, civil rights movement. And there's just so many parallels in our world today that I'm just like, it fucking makes sense. And it all just like connects. So I think I, I love that psychedelics helps us connect history to now. It helps us connect ideas. It helps us connect um our fucking purpose Mm. and the way we want to navigate the world um so yeah I I know that there are a lot of people who abuse drugs and that's a huge reason why drugs have such a bad reputation um but I use drugs as a tool and I think that's what they're made for same with social media same with anything you could fucking get addicted to Mm. you're supposed to use it as a tool but mm-hmm. people abuse it and then it ends up using you. 
draft another fucking <laughs> you know what I'm saying so, yeah. <laughs> she said I'm gonna leave y'all with quotes <laughs> so let me put it on she said soundbite what there you go <laughs> so, and I'm like fascinated then because I saw you as such a uh, you're such a pure innocent <laughs> when we worked together and we met so I'm I'm loving that it's that you're becoming open and you're and it, you never gave into our peer pressure we always tried to peer pressure you know I love that you you discovered it through on your own terms in your own time and I think that um I carry myself the way I do with drugs because I I want to shake that stigma but I also want to be realistic and say it's like not for everyone and they have to want it and discover it um in a way that works for them yeah, there definitely has to be like a self-discipline. Um, you definitely have to know yourself um, because like for me, just my use of drugs didn't start till around I was like 25. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I was probably and, the same age. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't want to do drugs um, originally. I was just like, it's not like a scene for me, you know, but mm-hmm. I had been around drug abuse so it was like something I wasn't interested in. Um, and it wasn't until I was like, started becoming friends with people who recreationally used. And I saw that they were holding down jobs or um, being creative or just being able to function because my view before then was like zombies. So, mm-hmm. but by that time I had already knew my knew myself I knew I didn't have like an addictive personality so it's like okay you know let me start trying to do things um and now I am addicted (laughs) (laughs) but Roxanne how did you because like it's different to like smoke weed or like have an edible like that's really like all I ever do like and it's just a part of my norm now but like Mm -hmm. I feel like people think of psychedelics and they're like oh my god this is like hardcore shit yeah Yeah. so like how did you get into that like what was your first experience like (laughs) yeah well what was your first experience like recreationally like I'm just gonna do this and then was there a moment where it switched and you were like wow I could pursue this as like uh, a profession or an expertise because I think those are two different experiences right yeah for sure Well, and, you know, I love that you guys um, experienced with drugs, like, kind of later in your life. I started, I first, I had my first acid trip, my first psychedelic experience when I was 15, and I was with my parents. Wow. Very young. Very young. With your parents. (laughs) Yeah. It was my mom's um, 42nd birthday. And this, I just realized, I fucking, I was reborn that day. So I'm like reborn in cancer. <laughs> it makes fucking sense. <laughs> Aaron's like, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> I'm like, cancer's oh top God. tier, honey. <laughs> Handle cancer? I don't know. Any who's their doozers. So. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so yeah, my first time was with my, my parents. And... Um, at the time I, I've, I had experience with weed and I, I was just super in denial. Like, I think the ego in me was always just like, what? Like you not feeling anything from that little piece of paper. Mm. And then it wasn't until my dad was like, cause I, I, kept, I was saying, I think for like 
for 30 minutes straight. I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And then when we finally drove up to the Redwoods and I was sitting in the forest, my dad was like, can you just maybe like shut up for a second and then like <laughs> see if you feel something. And then I was sitting in the middle of the woods and oh my God, like I fucking, I felt the sunlight, you know, like I, I, I saw air moving. I saw time moving and I was like, oh shit, this is a different kind of high. Um, and there were a lot of interesting moments, like dynamics with my brothers, a lot of like emotional things happened um, when we were listening to music, particularly this like moment listening to Aerosmith and we were talking about my sister who at the time, she's a, she is a law abiding citizen. Like mm-hmm. she does not approve of any of this kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also the oldest out of four kids. So I feel like she's always kind of been the rebel in a hippie family, which mm-hmm. what that looks like is it's a very well-behaved, follows rules, low-key whitewashed mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um, and I, I started fucking just bawling. I was, and I just started crying to my brothers during one of the songs because in that moment, it made sense to me. It made sense why the disconnection was there. Um, I also have another history, like an, like another thing that happened in my family's past that <laughs> um, I don't want to like unpack right now, but like, oh, yeah. I also, I also thought about that um because there's a there's it's it's like a deep like just beyond my sister not approving of that whole lifestyle like there are deep reasons why she kind of distanced herself from the family mm-hmm. so one of my like healing moments on it was thinking about like just understanding um understand like just this deep empathy that i i never felt before because I, I couldn't make sense of what the dysfunction in my family and everyone has dysfunction you know mm-hmm. um I couldn't make sense of it before that moment and I that's what I I believe about the psychedelic experience that it connects it connects certain um ideas and and insights and revelations that that are hard to access otherwise with mm-hmm. things like the ego in the way right. um so that was my first time and it was I don't know, like, and thinking, I can only think in retrospect now, like how, what was happening, like I was healing in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I look at it, it was such a crazy first time. I got my nose pierced on Venice Beach that day. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I really like let myself go to the ocean that day. And that's when I felt like, I felt like that was, that was my first time feeling like one with everything when I was in the fucking ocean. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh my so god, why is that thing? So that was my first experience, and then that same summer was my first time doing ecstasy. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was a very experimental time for me, and I think it wasn't until um, 2019 when I did a video about Bicycle Day, which was about the history and the discovery of LSD, uh, that I was like. I, I want this to be a creative and a diplomatic pursuit. And that's, I think when it switched for me that like, I, I want some, like, I want my creative work to um, include psychedelic culture and all these profound insights I found through it. And why I always want to make sure that my messaging with it is 
thoughtful and calculated. And I also like right now people are, it's, it's so, it's trying to make its way into mainstream by all these clinical trials, all this research, all this treating like PTSD, depression, things like that, which is amazing. But I also want to say, I like to just have fucking fun on it. You know, like it's still, it can still be all those amazing things, but I still like, I still want to have fun with it. You know, right. and we say, love fun. We love fun. <laughs> would you say, I mean, you were talking about your meaning of what I guess now is better in doses. So is that kind of the meaning of that is to have that diplomatic approach and say, Hey people like this can actually help you, but also it is to have fucking fun. Like you shouldn't Mm -hmm. be scared, you know, like give us what better in doses is all about. I think our listeners can probably guess by the name, um, but you go ahead and indulge us with that. Um, yeah, it's so crazy to have these conversations because like now like these things they're piecing together, piecing together for me, but I like better in doses because it could be applied in so many ways. And I just love double entendres. I love multiple meetings. Um, but I always, I was also thinking better in doses because I am a multifaceted person. There is the extremely proper and like professional side of me and then there's the fucking psychedelic side of me there's the part of me that loves the psychedelic experience for the creative aspect um the spiritual i'm not like crazy about the science but i am intrigued and i love that (laughs) there's science that that claim that supports the claims of all the things i'm feeling um and how it changes social behavior um and I think I liked the idea that you can have it all and you can be it all. And maybe maybe to be digestible, digestible to people, it's better in doses. Mm. Like be all those things, even if it's in doses. Yeah. Um, and then recently I came up with the title that I want to put and y'all hear it first. This is my first time going on record with this. <laughs> I'm making, <laughs> I'm making um, a blotter like acid sheet that says the bigger picture is better in doses, which is so fucking literal because every tab is literally a dose that yeah. contributes to the bigger picture. I love that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think with better in doses, I... Um, definitely wanted psychedelics to be part of it because it that inspires so much of my being but at the same time I don't want I don't want to be like oh it's a psychedelic brand like I don't want psychedelics to be the only thing Mm -hmm. that makes it relevant right because then which is a portion of like an audience that could potentially be mm -hmm. yeah and I get really excited because people who are like I've never done psychedelics but you make it sound like you've changed my my view on it and then someone um recently hit me up and she's a very spiritual person and she's like I've never done psychedelics but um and she sent me this podcast to listen to about psychedelics and I think just being able to connect with people is what I want with it I want to I want to connect with people and I also want to give a platform to unheard voices or just you know, more indie voices. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because like and you guys know I take a long time with producing content for vid because oh, no. <laughs> um but I I want to produce content at a level that's like wow and like I I approach a lot of indie artists and I'm like I want to feature you I want to talk about whatever whatever and like it's it's so dope to see how they glow when they when when someone sees them and like wants to be, like and it's like I fuck with your art so much like I need to amplify it and I want to feature it um and yeah I, I think with psychedelics that is a huge part of better in doses but so is like the connection and the creativity part of it and I I really especially then like at the time when you weren't doing that shit and I I had like Heather stuff on like I wanted you to still feel connected to the brand despite yeah. not doing drugs you know yeah, yeah I think I've always been like <laughs> I've always been interested obviously like there was a time where I was like very scared of everything just because like I'm a Virgo so like everything just I control everything um but once I realized that like sometimes controlling everything just like leads to more anxiety and more stress that like I honestly can't deal with I was like no I need I not a way to cope but just like an outlet and like mm-hmm. when I started like doing like ed- my edibles my little gummies and shit I found myself like feeling just Cause I feel like, you know, some people drink and, and that's their form of escape, which I feel like isn't a healthy form of escape, but like with an edible, like I, like, I feel like with drinking, like you drink and like, you feel like numb, but you don't feel good. Like you just feel numb. Right. But with like an edible or like other drugs like that, I feel like it honestly, like, I feel so happy. I feel like everything that I was thinking about or everything that I was stressing about and had anxiety about just kind of just like goes to the wayside. And like, I feel so oddly like pure and just at peace, which Mm -hmm. like once I realized that I was like, oh, oh, this is, this is next level shit, baby. This, that's I like, you know? And it's, it, it became less about, like, it was never about like, oh, I'm doing drugs with people. Like I was just doing it by myself. Like I just, mm-hmm. I was like, I would sit in my room. I would have an edible and I would just like veg and like watch a show. Or, and like, I realized like, I, I'm not very, um, I'm not like the most productive when I'm under the influence. Um, Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> Running out of time. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Um, this podcast was sponsored by Zoom. Zoom <laughs> is <laughs> for taking off the limit for whatever reason. Um, I'm sure the they're going to buy it at the end. But anyway, but yeah, I always feel like when I whenever I watch something high or listen to music high, I like understand it and interpret it in a different way, and I make connections mm-hmm. that I would have never made had I not been high. Because I feel like a lot of times, like when we're just like regular degular and like whether we're consuming media or whatever information, we're kind of a part of our brain is paying attention, right? Like, cause we're either autopilot. We're, we're focused on our phones, on our computers, on like th- to do this in our heads and we're not fully ever focused on anything. And I feel like whenever I am high, I'm fully focused on whatever I'm taking in, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's like the most beautiful part about it and that's why I'm even more intrigued to try a psychedelic of sorts with you because I feel like like you said like there are so many connections to be made whether it like be about mm-hmm. past traumas or things that you've experienced but just never fully like realized um and that I think that's like the coolest aspect of it it's not like 
it's not using it to like, oh, I'm trying to run away from it. No, I'm trying to fucking connect mm-hmm. with my feelings even mm-hmm. more. <laughs> yes. Like, that's why I think it's a, a dope thing. Yeah, I'm definitely think- with, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. No, 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 you are the guest. Be my guest. As you hit the ball. Oh, she's hitting her bong, so I will talk. Um, so I just, because I'm kind of the opposite of Dem's experience. Well, almost. Like, I do like to get high because I am creative and music hits different. Music videos hit different. Like, all mm-hmm. of that. Hit different. Hit different. Okay. But I use it personally, too, as an escape sometimes because like i'm we, we're all under capitalism right but i'm um uh, f- i work in food i'm in food service at the moment as i'm building my empire <sighs> and it got You're a proletariat so um yeah so but yeah so like i'm one of those frontline essential workers mm-hmm. that has to work like a 10-hour day like for 16 dollars an hour like so my days get kind of like disgusting right Mm -hmm. so I smoke and like I'm cool like I'm like all right cool like yeah I don't have to I don't have to do anything right now I feel that same thing I think it's like a two-part thingy I like I feel that like whenever I just like want to fully let go of everything and like let go of the day in like a healthy way you know like like obviously like I know it's going to be addressed that when tomorrow comes but like in the but moment. that's tomorrow's problem exactly that's the moment, problem. The and, and getting high allows me to just like really be with myself and escape that and mm-hmm. also there's just so much better like food is better high mm-hmm. I, I like laugh so much when I'm high I make my own jo- I laugh at myself like it is crazy like there have been times where I've sit- I've sat in bed and I'm I'm just with myself did you feel crazy oh just, like yeah. laughing at yourself yeah yeah I, I love like, that I remember like sending videos to Mackenzie and just like l- dying of laughter for no reason. But it's just like, it's so, it's just so nice. Like, it's just like, it's such a relaxed experience. And it's something that I feel like everyone should experience at some point mm-hmm. in life because if not, you're missing out, you know? I think it's like, it's like, um, it is a paradox because it is like escaping Mm-hmm. But it's also very leaning into the moment, mm-hmm. the present moment, so much more potently than you could in your typical mindset, because it's very like, to like next thing on to do list, what I got to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's hard to quiet that. Mm-hmm. Um, but weed helps like yeah. a lot. So explain to people that may not be aware what it means to like microdose and like what does microdosing look like for you in your everyday life so um microdosing is just a well in the terms of psychedelics it's like a subperceptual dose meaning that you're not supposed to really you're not supposed to really feel anything mm-hmm. um I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with CBD, but that's like the non-psychoactive mm-hmm. cannabinoid in um, from cannabis. But I don't know if that was really helpful or makes this point any more clear. You know but what? When Google you're... exists and our listeners <laughs> have iPhones. Um, 
um, <clears throat> but you know, I haven't, I haven't microdosed psychedelics in a minute. I was starting to have really strange feelings about it um, because like the, the trend is that it helps with pro productivity, mm -hmm. you know, um, people in Silicon Valley were using it to code the next big thing, the next mm -hmm. fucking Facebook, maybe social club, they were microdosing acid. I don't know what the fuck. But anyway, it was very in the headlines because it was making people more productive. And I just remember like, sometimes I would be too microwavy, too microwavy to get shit done. And that kept happening to me. That kept happening to me. Um, and then I heard this thing that's like, don't we think it's a little counterproductive to use psychedelics to continue to be a productive right person contributing to the society whatever it's like it's putting a, a conflicting energy I think because as we discuss plant medicine psychedelics it helps us be in the present moment mm -hmm. um so yeah I I think lately I've just been doing micro doses now um with my like for for recreational last time I micro dose was on Christmas because mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's so funny I've had an interesting time tripping with my family and I think like in more recent times like we used to be we used to just like really have a day you know and fucking mm -hmm. trip but now as we've gotten older I feel like like me and my brothers are like we'll only do a quarter because they're not trying to be super trippy it's like it's right. kind of interesting we're kind of like evolving our use with it and kind mm -hmm. of seeing what we want and what we need from it again using it as a tool knowing what what kind of experience you're feeling because we don't need to be tripping balls to the walls you know right um so that's the thing like with microdosing people use it to just kind of get through the regular work day mm. um keep stress at bay but i do find that it does make you very sensitive to your feelings and very um yeah i, I think it makes you just kind of just more acutely aware i really really like microdosing weed which sounds so fucking whack <laughs> <laughs> because it's like uh weed. but I think um I I have this I have weird back and forths with weed because like sometimes it makes me too anxious or whatever but I, I realize the biggest thing it's been is just the dosage like mm -hmm. I only need one bong hit at a time to feel like and just to, to be at a good level where I can function still Mm -hmm. um and so many people told me that they they stopped smoking weed because of anxiety and then they'll be like but yeah I, I was loading up five bowls at a time and it's like because you were fucking loading up five bowls at a time bro right. like it's not the weed right. it's not the weed right. it's the, how much <laughs> you're smoking <laughs> like, yeah. like a little um so yeah that is my take on microdosing for psychedelics I decided I don't want to use it productively to get mm -hmm. through my work day yeah because if I want to indulge in Lucy I will be present with her is that a code name for her yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> the Beatles popularized well it was already popular at the time but Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is oh, like one of their song. yeah uh -huh. <laughs> Oh my god, bitch, LSD, come on. Watch me, like, um, watch me I think that. Ariana Grande covered the Beatles. <laughs> watch me try it one day and like all of a sudden like be like, 
yeah, I love the Beatles, man. Like also, <laughs> literally, I never. You very interesting, but I can't wait to trip with you. It's gonna I'm, be interesting. I'm really excited. I tried like microdosing like the weed <gasps> week. Oh, okay. Just because it's uh-huh. been it's been a week, like truly yeah. a week. I like cried about work. It was just a lot. <laughs> um, but I was like, I need something that will just like keep my stress and anxiety at bay because mm-hmm. I, just as a person in general, like it's weird. I think I strive, I thrive off of stress. Like I've, I've come to realize that like I'm Virgo. really good in stressful situations. And I don't know, like it kind of just like fuels my soul, which is very sick and twisted. And I hate that about me, but I also at the same time, like it's probably one of my best qualities. that I <laughs> Wait, I wanted to ask, what is a mic, what is microdosing weed to you? So like, obviously like I, I do mostly edibles. Like I don't, I like, I smoke here and there, but um, so like, I'll like, as opposed to like taking like my normal amount of an edible, which like I'll typically do like five um, milligrams when I'm trying mm-hmm. to have fun I like Mm -hmm. bump it to 10 but um so like throughout the work day I was like let me just try like very very small portions of it so like basically probably took like 2.5 yeah and like like honestly it was really good because like for those couple of hours like I was productive I was like doing the damn thing but also mm-hmm. like I was I was doing my work way more slowly, but like thought mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because mm-hmm. like, a lot of the times like I'm working and I'm like going, 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 and I'm like constantly like on to the next. Right. Yeah. Like trying to think of like everything at once. But you were taking it task by task. Literally. And yeah. like I need to start doing that more. I need to start taking things like task by task, or else mm-hmm. I'm literally gonna finish every day and be fucking exhausted, you know? And so like when I did it that day, I was like, oh no, this was actually good like there was definitely moments where I felt like sluggish and I was like oh god I might need some coffee or something but like overall it was a pretty Mm -hmm. good experience and I mean I think um that's why me and our Mackenzie and I like we when we go to lunch or something or we would just like walk outside during the work day to take a hit right because Mm -hmm. I mean you know I mean Dem and I have worked together a few times so like our last (laughs) job was very chaotic mm-hmm. in a different way than like the first job we had together and so and especially I think me and Mackenzie felt the brunt of a lot of dissatisfaction mm-hmm. because Shay and Dem were like the golden child children of that <laughs> job um only because he sucked up to the white girl anyways oh. <laughs> Aaron unpack it baby (laughs) we're unpacking it's baggage baggage claim claim. baggage claim but yeah like when when days got just like too just annoying when I was inconvenienced I would just literally like take a little puff of my pen and then be able just to like concentrate and like answer email by email and do task by task and it just it kept me sane Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that you are finding that out because, you know, we need to separate like that. that We normalize it. Yeah, normalize it. That like weed, whether it's an escape, whether it's for fun, whether it's to be productive, like it can help you throughout the day. Mm -hmm. It's a tool. It's a tool. For sure. Even my mom, like, like my mom has never tried drugs in her life. Like I think has tried a cigarette once, but like never did it again. (laughs) 
never drinks, like got drunk once. <gasps> never oh got very much and like I think I grew up with that sort of mentality wow. like, my mom doesn't do it so like I'm not gonna do it either yeah. my sister's not really a big drinker like that either um but when like I told her that like yeah like I I dabble in the Swede I like how I say it differently every time um but she was just like oh my god like since, the when, since when did you start doing this like kind of like disappointed I was like girl like until you try it you cannot knock it because it has helped me significantly and then like probably help your mom out yeah so a couple of months ago traveling like in july she was traveling to greece and she just like had a lot of anxiety like leading up to it because like she was going there to like bury my grandmother who was like sitting in a freezer for like months because of the pandemic um Mm -hmm. so she was finally able to travel and she just had a lot of anxiety about like going there during corona and all these things and so my sister had some edibles that she had brought back from LA Mm. and gave her like I think like five million yeah like not five like smaller Um, mm -hmm. and she like felt so much better like she calmed down she slept really well sleep sleep is fucking great like sleep is unlike Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you're high um which is just a, another benefit you know so like there's mm-hmm. so many like good things about it and I feel like people just like look at it as like oh my god you're just you're a bad kid and it's like actually like I'm a pretty fucking good person I do good mm-hmm. at my job I'm like not toxic and this helps that's me. debatable bitch suck it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just like I feel like there's so many more more pros than cons with like a yeah. lot of and I'm really excited to uh, explore the world of psychedelics more. So I'm curious because we are on we are on air with baggage claim right now, going on record mm-hmm. about drugs. Which, by the way, disclaimer: we do not promote the use of illegal substances. Correct. This all may or may not be true. Anyway, <laughs> um, speak for me. <laughs> um, Fuck the system. um how do you both feel about you know publicly discussing these things because they're still very illegal you know what I mean right I do not give a flying fuck (laughs) like you know the the right has it right sometimes when they're saying free speech freedom of speech (laughs) I might go yeah, Karen, right like, oh yeah. my god you know like I if I if I want to talk about something I'm going to talk about it I'm going to like I, there's been plenty of times since weed has been legalized in LA mm-hmm. that I will mm-hmm. just light a joint and walk down the street and smoke I'll put it out right before I go to the coffee shop and then pick it back up and light it like I don't care like there's you can't shame me for things that I've already been shamed for and have accepted that Mm-hmm. it is what it is like mm-hmm. you know yeah. there's that meme that people who say it is what it is are the most like dead ass don't give a fuck and it is what it is like Actual. if i get stopped whatever if i get stopped but like i'm gonna do what i want i talk i at work i talk about wanting to roll all the time <laughs> like even <laughs> like my boss is there and and we're like rolling down i was like yeah i really want to roll I'm dead. <laughs> like why it's it's to well also we live in a bubble in LA where mm-hmm. it's kind of the norm like yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's True. weird 
to be against it now you know right mm-hmm. like it's like oh you don't smoke weed you're you're a fucking weirdo you know right so yeah. i think outside of la maybe i'll be more conscious but i don't know you know yeah yeah, no, I, I feel like the speaking on it just, like, normalizes it so much because we're all fucking normal people. We're not, like, mm-hmm. strung out. Oh, are we? Do you know what I'm, I mean? Like, I'm a local fool. Yeah, and I just feel like it normalizes it, and it, like, I feel like a lot of people will look at me and think, like, oh, I would never, like, he's such a goody two-shoe, like, all of his life, mm-hmm. would never, blah, blah, blah. But, like, at the end of the day, like, drinking alcohol, like, that's a substance, you know? And, like, p- that's a normal thing for people every day, <laughs> wine or like a cocktail yeah. or whatever that's you know? socially acceptable right yeah. so it's like, it's why can i more people than anything right why can i go to a work lunch and have two glasses of wine or two cocktails and then return to work but everything else under the sun is frowned upon you know like i, I think it's mm-hmm. like a weird thing that like society mm-hmm. has like been like this is okay and this is normal everything else is not you know mm-hmm. and obviously there's bad parts about everything, you know, but like, I think everything in moderation and and like knowing where your shit is coming from and being responsible and doing it with people that, you know, you feel comfortable with, I think Mm -hmm. is all a part of it. You know, I Mm -hmm. think education is the most important thing. Like, Mm -hmm. not just like blindly being like, yeah, I'll fucking take whatever you're giving me because like, who knows what that is, you know what I mean? So I think like the more you know. The more you know really makes you think it really does make yeah focus yeah. on focusing <laughs> I also feel like in like creative industries like I work in a creative industry like you work in a creative industry like it's like everyone has fucking done something yeah. you know like drugs I was, is part of it drugs is part of it yeah <laughs> like I literally t- talk to my boss I'm like oh like I fucking had an edible last night because like I could not deal and like we just like talk like it just uh, yeah. I like like, like I need to do drugs <laughs> yeah I mean like normalizing it I think is the biggest part right now um especially mm-hmm. because you know all three of us are you know Dimitri is a black and Greek. Uh, Roxanne is Filipina. Um, I am mixed Filipino, Mexican, Native American. Like all these negative connotations lead back to mm-hmm. people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like who's the example of like a crackhead? It's a homeless black woman, you know? What's the, you know? So it's like, Mm-hmm. The more we normalize it, we also have to be super conscious of giving back to those communities by supporting like dispensaries or uh, weed brands who are owned by people of color yeah. uh, mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are still incarcerated while white people, Karen and Kevin are like, oh my God, I'm starting a sustainable um, mm-hmm. weed brand. And all of a sudden- <laughs> CBD, they're getting yeah. articles in Vogue and fucking Goop and shit, but it's right. like mm-hmm. yeah, the communities that's affected the most, it's, it's still a down Black and brown. Black and brown community. Yeah, as, as much as weed has been legalized, it's still looked down upon if like Black folk are smoking or like yeah. brown people are smoking. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's crazy. And like, because you're more in the industry, Roxanne, do you feel that as like a woman of color, like that pressure to break a stigma or are you just trying to kind of stay true to your original mission of it, of it all? Like, has it changed? What's your experience like? 
the answer is yes to this question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do, I love this question because racial consciousness always, mm-hmm. fucking always, everything is race. Everything is about race in some way or another. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, I do digital marketing for um, cannabis brands and and legal cannabis brands. And it's interesting being in the industry and seeing like everyone needs to have this level of racial consciousness as a business. And I feel like it has only recently been that, you know, I think we're all excited off the buzz of cannabis being legal, that that wasn't at the forefront of people's messaging, but now it is and it has to be, mm-hmm, which is right. good. You know, we need to talk about that. Yeah. And as a woman of color, I've definitely felt very protective of my energy, um, protective of psychedelics in general, um, because the commodification and exploitation of this kind of stuff is inevitable as we have seen with cannabis. Mm it's weird. It's a weird place. Like that whole shit's weird to navigate. Um, but I think as long as I think a, a baseline for me is like, I really have to fuck with them as human beings, you know? And even though I feel like I've, I've, I've ran into issues that I feel like everyone just runs into in the workplace, egos, office politics, shit, um, trust, Like, I do think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I answered the question or what the fucking question was. (laughs) It's funny because, like, I'm not high, but I'm feeling, like... (laughs) Contact high. high. You have contact high. I look kind of high. You look high. You could just be tired, too. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm getting a secondhand high from... I the think energy. so. They call me the, the lunar energy. Oh, it is full moon. Full moon tonight. Oh my god! Yeah, full moon, there you go. Virgo. There it is. Full moon in Virgo, Virgo at three a.m. <laughs> at three a.m. Y'all. But uh, um, I want to. I don't know that question. That was that. I love thinking about that, and it's nice to exchange that idea. So All thank right. you. Yeah, I love that, and I look forward to our. I look forward to our journey together and and I know you know I see us just dancing for hours. Yeah, yeah, like hundred percent. That's what's gonna happen, (laughs) which leads me to my next thing because I feel like we always talk about it's always a music related thing. But let's get into our claims of the week, baby. Claims. Claims. I'm gonna do sound bites for our podcast. So Roxanne, being that you're our guest, let's, you go first. What is your claim of the week? What is the essence of the claiming? Like, you oh, the podcast, you know. I know I do, but oh! you guys are always claiming songs. You're claiming songs. Like, what does but it you mean? Like, anything. I claimed like, literally claim, claim, claimed a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, you could claim a moment. You could claim a feeling. You could claim, like, something that you're working towards. It could be okay. anything. Queef, your fart, your burps. Exactly. Mm. Whatever you're putting good energy into, whatever you're claiming, whatever you're saying, I like this. I fuck with this. Oh my God, pressure. So I just simply want to claim this present moment with you both. 
Oh my God. <laughs> and it's just so good. It's so good to see you both. And I love that we are just, we're writing, writing the story of our lives right now. You know, this is, this is us documenting. Like, we'll look back at this and be like, wow, mm -hmm. we did that. And we'll be fucking rich at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I just, oh, I, I also, oh, actually, my bad. And I, in this moment that I'm thinking of, it, I really claim prosperity for all of us because I feel like oh. we're so close, y'all. Like, I feel like we're all tapped into this, this energy. So that's my claim. All right. That was beautiful and thoughtful. Beautiful. My claim. Oh, my claim of the week is going to be um this new apartment and this new space that oh. oh claim it yeah i feel like it's such an important like next step in my like life here in la and i feel like for four years that i've lived here like i've it's always been on like in a way like other people's terms um I've never really felt at home in my home. Uh, mm. And this feels like the first home that that feels that way, which is really exciting. That's and so even when I'm having the, the most stressful days, like now being here, I just feel like, oh, I feel like at ease in a way. So right. that is what I'm claiming this week. And I can't wait for you guys to come over to see it. That's so cute. Ooh. No, like home is everything. And like, obviously, I think we kind of know your troubles with your past living situation. So this literally is a new chapter for your love. Mm -hmm. literally. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my claim of the week is music. <laughs> it is it specifically, it is a YouTube video. Oh. And it is Jasmine Sullivan's oh. HBO special. Oh, yes. Um, what's it called? I don't know. But like something. Oh, our story to tell. Yeah. I literally listen to it every day. It's kind of my. Um, Share your screen and play it right now. It'll be the outro. <laughs> it's it It's like my decompression thing. Like when I come home from work, it like just relaxes me. And Jasmine Sullivan is one of the best voices, period. Mm -hmm. So it just, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's literally one of like the best things to it's ever so exist. Good. Ugh, I live. It's, <laughs> I love watching it and rewatching it. And like her voice is just so incredible. And whew, and this, she's doing like these 60s glam looks, mm -hmm. uh, makeup and outfit and hair, and mm -hmm. she's killing it right now. So it's better what needed to be gave, given. What's the link? She already done had hers. Is, is, she's is, already is. done had hers. Is, is, is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And because, you know, I always am drinking that haterade, what's your flop of the week? What's, what's a, you're something you're rejecting this week? I'll go. Um, minimum wage. <laughs> Love that. Everyone should. Like, like, to be honest, and like, not to, this is not to discredit anyone, but there are people who make tens of thousands of dollars answering emails all day. Mm -hmm. You know, 
um, or just being able to be comfortable in a large city because their job is perceived as more important when food service, mm-hmm. hourly wages, target workers, they're the ones who are in like backbreaking labor work and we barely get 15, $16. Yeah. There's just, it's like classism and racism and all that other bullshit. Like minimum wage needs to be like $20 to be honest. Like, you know, Feels like- recognize y'all privileges, you know, or uh, I'll yeah. spit in your bagel. <laughs> My flop of the week, I don't know. I think my flop of the week is like, I feel like people, especially like in the in the creative entertainment industry, I feel like there's a lot of people that think that they could talk to you a certain way. And whether it be like you're the client or the whatever, like I think people really think that they're very high and mighty in the positions that they're in and therefore think that they could like run the show rule the rule the world type shit and like i don't like that energy um and i become very combative with that energy and um so yeah i think i think it's really important to check yourself and be conscious conscious of the way that you speak the way that you text the way that you email and how you are coming across in all of those um forms of communication um and that's all i'm gonna say we should, we should just get rid of um any text-based communication and do voice notes because right. people are gonna be real quick to check themselves when they're asking for something mm-hmm. if they got to use their actual voice yeah mm-hmm. maybe clubhouse is onto something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. roxanne do you have a flop the government's a flop period down with the government <laughs> Um, fuck those fools. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> we're well, flipping, we're flipping the camera off, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, feel it. feel it. Thank you so much Thanks, for Roxanne. chatting with us this week. Thank you both. It's a pleasure. I can't wait to see you IRL. And um, love you very much, love. I really love you both. Aaron, don't even say it back. Don't even think it back. I already know. I'm thinking about nachos, darling. I'm not thinking about whatever you're just talking about. I'm thinking about what you eat. Anyways, follow us on Insta at baggageclaim.mp3 and on Twitter at baggageclaim.mp3. And we will see you next time. Bye. See you later. Love (laughs) y'all. Okay.